thank you for joining us today. I know that you have a very busy schedule and for you to take time to join our service and listen to our message is, is very dear to our heart. Today, if you have your Bible, if you'll take it and turn with us to the book of Joshua, chapter 6, we're going to be exploring the subject of when God calls us to do crazy things. Has there ever been a time in your life where, man, you just knew God was calling you to a task that was greater than you were, and you recanted from it, or you embraced it wholeheartedly? Today, we're going to explore ways how to conquer the crazy things that it feels like God's calling us to do. I hope you enjoy this message, and it'll bless your heart. Pastor Ralph mentioned earlier, it was five years ago this month, the end of January, 1st of February, we held our first corporate worship service. Um, today is a transitional moment as well. We're holding our first, second leadership service, our Doing For You. A lot of churches that have two services and it's because they're trying to do two or three different things. I know one church that has three services on Sunday morning. They have a different style of music for every one. That's not what we're trying to do. Uh, as I've said many times, we're here today out of necessity and need more than we're, we're just trying to drum up a crowd. And, uh, man, it was five years ago. I remember on a Saturday night, um, um, Standing at the windows, in that the whole front of the church was windows, the whole side of it. And uh, you remember if you were there, and you were just like, is anybody going to show up? A car would, you know, there's lots of shops in this, the center where we were, and so a car would turn in, and you'd be like, we got one. And they'd go on down to Rocky's Health, health Supplement Store or something. And... Uh, you know, today as we start our second service, and every one of you in here are leaders, you're here today because you said, I want to I lead, I want to I help take our church to the next level, I want to I I be part of a ministry, that's why you're here this morning. And today we have more leaders in this service than we did for quite a while on our Saturday night services. And I tell you what, that's how good God is to us. Let's give the Lord a hand for that. You know, it was, uh, it was five years ago that we started and uh, corporately worshiping. And uh, man, all I had was a word. All I knew was God told us to. And uh, I'll just be honest. Um, I would say the city that we live in would... Uh, would be behind the curve in a lot of modern contemporary things, which isn't always bad. But I'll just tell you that a Saturday night service was definitely way ahead of where the thinking was of the, the congregants and the people of Alexandria, Louisiana. And man, it worked good, and we got that thing moving, and then LSU football season started on Saturday nights, and so we had our challenges, but... What a year it was, and after one year, we were then able, one year later, at the same time of the year, we, we were able to be commissioned, and we started having our Sunday morning worship services. What I'm saying is, I'm, I've just been really overwhelmed this morning, to be perfectly honest with you, and um, 
Because we serve a God who's faithful. And sometimes God's going to give you a word and it's not going to make sense. And you're going to think, God, there's nothing about this that makes sense. Lord, this isn't the best decision for my family. Lord, this isn't the best decision for my children. Lord, this isn't the best decision for me. But I'm telling you that if you got a word for, from God, that is the best decision. And all I knew was that, man, God was stirring up in me something and, and had, had initiated a drive to, to plant this new work. And it didn't make sense. I mean, there was times that I was working four or five jobs to try to, 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 to pay the bills. But I'll tell you that God effortlessly provided for me and my family. And there was times of hardship and, 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 and the shaking of your faith. And, and you were like, Lord, what am I doing? But you know, I never doubted that word. Because five years before that, I actually thought the Lord was calling me into church planning. And I thought, Lord, if you're going to lead me to plant a church, then i got to have a word. And man, I'd been praying and praying and praying. And one, one Sunday morning, uh, I felt the Lord w wake me up and speak to me. And, you know, you're, you're kind of half asleep. And, and, and man, you know, you're waking up and something comes on you. And I had this verse that came on in my, into my mind. And it was 1 Kings 8 9. And so, man, when 1 Kings 8 9 registered in my mind, I immediately jumped up because I said, man, this has got to be God. I mean, come on. Who's going to think of 1 Kings 8 9 on their own? I mean, all right, John 3 16, maybe. You know, Romans 8 28, maybe. Hebrews 11, maybe. But, I mean, come on, guys. 1 Kings 8 9. And so, man, I got up and I read that. And, uh, I was overwhelmed with despair, and I got angry, and uh, man, I put the Bible down rather forcefully and went and stomped off back to bed, and 1 Kings 8, 9, man, said there was nothing in the ark except the words, the tablets of stone that God had given Moses, and so, man, I went, and I was actually at a conference this weekend went, I was on that Sunday morning, and so, man, I went, went to church huffingly, you know what I'm talking about. And uh, I was just like, Lord, I need a word, Lord, I need a word, Lord, I've been praying, I need a word, I need a word, I need a word. And man, I'm sitting there and the guy's preaching the whole time he's preaching, all I hear is 1 Kings 8 9. And I'm like, Ugh. you know, so we go all the way through the service and then the invitation comes. And man, people's down at the altar doing business with the Lord. And man, there I am, I'm sitting there and I'm like, Lord, I need a word, I need a word. And all I can hear is 1 Kings 8 9, 1 Kings 8 9. And so finally I opened the Bible and I read it. I read 1 Kings 8 9. I was like, yep, there's nothing in there. And then I read verse 10. And it said, the glory of the Lord was so strong that the priest could no longer continue to minister because the power of God had fell on that place. Now, when I read that, it all made sense. And what God was teaching me in that moment was, son, there's going to be some times in your life the only thing you're going to have to stand on is the word I gave you. But don't you quit. Don't you quit. Don't you quit. And as many of you know that have been here, that we have had our share of adversities. We've had our shares of ups and downs. I have had my share of adversities. But you know what? 
No matter what has happened in my life, you know what never changed? Was the word that God spoke into my life in November of 2005 when he began to stir in my heart and say, son, I want you to move out. I want you to plant a church. And I'm like, Lord, but where? But where, Lord? But where? And all I could hear him say was, don't worry about the where. You just worry about preparing yourself. Preparing yourself. And that's what we did. And so five years ago, we, we, we launched and had our first corporate worship service. And then here we are today, a transitional moment in the life of Family of Grace. And I believe today that God is going to do a huge work, a transitional moment. I want to speak to you about that transitional moment because we could also identify it this way, craziness. When God calls you to do crazy things. If it makes sense in the natural, God's probably not in it. <laughs> not all the time. But a large portion of the time, if it makes practical sense, God's not into the practical things. Matter of fact, he says this, My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. For as high as the heaven is above the earth, that's how high my thoughts are above your thoughts. Now boy, just when you get to thinking, be proud of yourself about how much knowledge you've, you've uh, achieved. God has a way of, uh, of thumping us back into place, amen, with just one verse. Joshua chapter 6. We've been looking at this for quite some time. We, we began to look at the vision uh, for your life personally, what God wants to do in your personal life, what he wants to do in our family life here. We looked at how God wanted to take us deep. He wanted to go deep into our life. He wasn't interested in us being superficial believers. Listen, there's enough superficial believers and there's enough superficial churches. If you're wanting to be a superficial believer in a superficial church, you're not going to be very happy here. Because there's going to be somebody who's constantly saying, come on, man, let's go deeper. Come on, man, let's go deeper. Come on, man, let's go deeper. Now, I know there has to be a place for everybody to get in. But I'm going to tell you today, we were not created to be surface creatures. God wants to take us deep. And we begin to look at that and then how he wants to take us wide. One of the interesting challenges for us as Family of Grace is this. And as we've been through the Leadership Summit, we went through the Discover Your Design leadership time yesterday. And one of the things, the challenges for us that most churches fail at is that as we grow larger, that we also grow smaller at the same time. You say, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, it makes a lot of sense. That as God expands us and we grow larger, that we break it down and grow smaller all at the same time. That we're intentional in the small groups. We're intentional in the house churches. We're intentional in the family connection groups. We're intentional at always not losing the impact of the family. Listen, we make a difference. You make a difference beyond all you could ever think or imagine to people who are visiting here. Now, as we think about that, that's what God's wanting to do in our life. And so God called me to do a crazy thing. He called me to quit a, a, a safe place, a safe salary. A, a, everything was good. Uh, uh, there, along the journey, there was a church that wanted me to stay with them. It would have been safe. It would have been comfortable. It would have been the right thing to do for my family, and uh, financially speaking. But that's not what God called me to. And what I want you to know, especially some of you young college students that are about to graduate, if God's calling you to something that doesn't make sense, don't expect the people 
who are not deep in their belief as Christians to be all gangbusters as your cheerleaders saying, yes, do that. That doesn't make any sense. More than likely, they're going to give you every reason not to do it. So let's look in your Bible here and read a couple of things about when God calls us to do crazy things. Now, last week or so, we looked at this, how God led Joshua into, he said, now, son, you go get out in the middle of that river with the ark and bring the priest out there with you and then cross to the other side. Now, we know the Jordan was full and, and all of that, and we looked at how the river was, was, was really uncrossable at that time, and but Joshua had faith. Joshua had faith, and he went back to his people, and he said, now when the priest of the feet touch the water, God will part the waters. That's, when God calls you to do crazy things, all you have to know is this, that if God said it, that's enough. That is enough. If God has declared it, that is enough. It is enough. Say this with me. It is enough. One more time. It is enough. And so as we think about this, it begins to put things into perspective. Look in your Bible, if you will, in, in chapter 6, in, I mean, chapter 5, and verse 13. Let me read a verse, and then we're going to jump right into it. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with his drawn sword in the hand. Joshua approached him and had a simple question. Are you for me or my enemies? And so, man, he said, dude, I'm here with you. And man, Joshua fell on the ground and began to worship the Lord. God said, come on, Joshua. We, there's time, we'll, we'll get back to worshiping later, but you got some stuff to conquer. Now, what happened was when God called Joshua to a supernatural task, God gave supernatural provisions. Supernatural provisions. You remember when you were a child and you fired your first shotgun, you would flinch. You were scared that it was going to kick. You remember when you, when you gained your first rifle or something, you were scared, man, what kind of kick, what kind of recoil does this thing have? That's how our faith life is many times. You know you need to do it. You know it's going to be fun. You know it's going to be exciting. You know it's going to be exhilarating. But, man, there's the anticipation factor. And many times, if you're not careful, you will flinch. And when you flinch, you what? You miss. When you flinch. You miss. And so look at this. Let's jump into chapter 6 and verse 1. Now Jericho was strongly, circle that in your Bible, strongly fortified because of the Israelites. No one was leaving and no one was entering. Now you remember last week when we looked at Rahab, she said that. She said, our people are scared because of your God. Now Jericho, a city that had a great wall around it. Matter of fact, it was so wide that you could, they could run a chariot around the top of it. And so Jer Jericho was so fearful over a band of, of normal people who had just crossed over. Now, why were they scared? Because they watched these dudes go dead. Don't you think for one minute that the people from Jericho didn't have spies spying on that bunch of religious zealots over there? Amen. And they probably had eyewitnesses that said, man, when they, you know, because they were thinking, well, there's no way they can cross the Jordan. It's harvest time. The banks are full. There's no way they can get across. And so then all of a sudden, they, they're watching them, man, and they begin to cross it, and that Jordan just opens up. And this whole nation crosses it. In 
And then they're crazy enough to turn around and go back in it, down to the bottom of it, and grab some stones and bring them out and set them on the bank and make a memorial. And so, man, don't you know word then got back to Jericho. And so it was strongly shut up. Look at the next verse. When he begins to see these things, and the Lord said to Joshua, Look, I have handed Jericho and its king and its fighting men over to who? Who? You. Into your hands. Look at verse 3. And so march around the city with all the men of war, circling the city one time. Do this for six days. Now, and then he goes on in verse 4 and says, Have seven priests carry seven ram's horns, uh, ram horn trumpets in the front of the ark. But on the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the priest blows the trumpet. Now, as we think about this, let's just stop right there for a moment. And I want to share with you a couple of points. When we look in chapter 6 in verses 1 through 5, what we see that Joshua did was he began to move forward in obedience. Look at verse 5 at what it says. He began to move forward in this pathway of obedience. When there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear it sound, have all the people give a mighty shout, and then the city wall will collapse, and the people will advance, each man straight ahead. Now, come on. Don't you know that's crazy things? I mean, really? Man, I've been thinking I've had a hard time praying this thing through and and, and meeting with you and talking to you and selling the vision to have two services. Can you imagine if I said, hey, guys, come on, let's grab us some, some horns and some trumpets, and we're just going to circle the city. And we're going to do that and do that, and one day God's going to give the whole city over to us. He just said, Pastor, you are absolutely nuts. So I realized that my task wasn't quite as hard as his. Uh, my wife had an interesting way of putting things into perspective this morning when I was trying to uh, wait on the to get coffee and stuff, was laying there in the bed, half asleep, half awake. She looked at me, nudged me, and she said, Hey, Pastor Ralph and Joy are already driving. Get up. <laughs> and so there's that, that concept that we have to think about what God's up to, that God is going to call us to hard things, impossible things. You know where the joy is in doing the impossible. That's why people, that's why there's this big book called the Guinness's Book of World Records. You ever looked at one of those? There's crazy things in that book. Because they're looking for that one thing that nobody's ever done. They want to get their moment of notoriety so they will do whatever it takes to begin to, to, to sell themselves as victorious, as victorious champions. Well, I'm going to tell you, we can be victorious as believers. We can be victorious in this city. You know, and I, you know, as we think about this, God is wanting to do a work in our hearts and our lives. And we've got a good thing going as a church family. But I'm going to tell you, there was a lot of churches in our city 15, 20 years ago that had a good thing going. But today, they are having meetings saying, what are we going to do with our building? What are we going to do with our assets? Because we can't keep the doors open any longer. You know what happened? They quit doing crazy things. They quit walking in the supernatural, and they begin to walk in the natural. And you don't need power. You don't need anointing when you walk in the natural. When you're accomplishing man-sized tasks, there's no need. 
for a supernatural intervention of a thrice holy God. Oh, Joshua began to move forward in obedience. As we think about this, he began to put things in perspective. Then he began to move forward in faith. In faith, he began to move forward. He gathered them up in verse 7. Look with me, if you will, in your Bible, in verse 7. He said to the people, move forward, march around the city with the armed troops. March, 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 move forward. And they began to move forward in faith. What they were doing is they were circling that city in faith. We know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. The Bible says that in Hebrews 11 and verse 6. But then they had to move forward around that city in perseverance. They persevered as they marched around that city. They persevered. I mean, come on. One day is pretty good. You can get some guys to go out there and do it. Two days maybe, but three days? I mean, don't you know everybody was standing on that wall? I, I love, we, we've, been, we've been reliving VeggieTales now with Ella and, you know, Josh and the big wall, Joshua and Conquer and Jericho. You know, they had a great song, Keep Marching, But You Won't Knock Down Our Walls, Keep Marching. It isn't going to fall. It's plain to see. Your plan is very small. Keep watching, marching, but you won't knock down our walls. Ridiculing, being laughed at, mocked, and all these things, but they marched in perseverance. I'm going to tell you, church, we have got to persevere. We have got to move in faith. We've got to move in perseverance. We've got to keep our own emotions in check because our emotions will peg out and throw us off the radar and then they march forward in praise look with if you will in verse 20 this is an awesome passage of scripture it says in verse 20 so the people shouted and the trumpet sounded and when they heard the blast of the trumpet so the people gave a great shout and the wall collapsed the people advanced into the city, each man straight ahead, and they captured the city, and they completely destroyed everything in the city. With Joshua, and he said to the two men who had scouted out the land, go to the prostitute's house, Rahab, bring the woman out with her, just as you promised her. End of verse 23, and her whole family was settled, settled them outside the camp, and then they began to burn down the city. They move forward in obedience. They move forward in, 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 um, in faith. They, they, they move forward with faith. They move forward with perseverance. But they moved forward in praise. And I'm going to tell you, church, there's going to be some times where we start moving in our hearts and our lives and we're going to think this doesn't make sense. You know, here, have you ever heard this, Pastor? You know, you... I understand having faith, but faith's got to have common sense. Well, that makes a lot of sense in the natural. But you find me one story in the Old Testament that they had common sense. No, everyone that had victory moved forward in obedience, moved forward in faith, moved forward in persistency, and moved forward in praise. With your head bowed this morning, I just want you to begin to think about your life and what it is God's calling you to do. As you came here early this morning, this is the first one. It's exciting. We're moving forward in that direction. But can I tell you, four months from now, it's going to begin to get old with you getting up early on Sunday morning. 
But you're going to have to say, I'm going to be resolved that I am going to move forward no matter what. Today, you may be here struggling. You may be ready to give up. You may be ready to throw in the towel because what's going on in your life is crazy and it's impossible. I'll tell you this, things that are impossible with God are possible with man. Your head bowed today. Would you just begin to let the Holy Spirit speak to you? This altar is open. This will be our time to do business with the Lord. It will be your time to give your offering. It will be your time to prepare your heart to get ready to go shake hands, hug necks, teach children, love on babies, whatever the case may be. Right now today, Father, as we just move in this service, as you move, would you touch and transform lives in Jesus' name we pray amen would you stand to your feet this is your time to just come to the altar and do business with the lord too small in my eyes oh lord forgive me once you come and i have believed in the light amen once you come that you Won't you come? Begin to pray for the next service, asking the Lord, God, move. God, move, touch, transform. But now, oh Lord, I see my wrong. Heal my heart and show yourself strong. And in my eyes, Won't you come? be magnified in your life won't you come
want to magnify the Lord. And last week I prayed for Brother Danny. He came down and asked me to pray for him. And today he wants to magnify the name of the Lord and give a good word of testimony. Amen. Uh, I've been having a lot of trouble with this thumb, this arthritis, this thumb. It's so bad I couldn't even hold pens or pencils. And last week I came up and bred prayed over this thumb and it's about 90% no pain in it now. Amen. Hallelujah. So Praise thank God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's the kind of God that we serve. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Does anybody have a word this morning? Anybody have a word you want to share? Amen. What a great opportunity today is. Today is the day. Write this day down. You'll remember it one day. Say, remember that day we crossed that next bar. We went to the next level. You'll be able to say, I was there. I remember that day. I remember that day. God began to expand our territory, enlarge our coast, take us to the next level. Thank you again for everybody who came yesterday to DYD. Everybody who's here this morning to make this work and, and to now go and love and make a difference. And I, I'm so proud of you, church. I love you so much. God's up to so much in our lives. And we're going to conquer. We're going to impact that 70,000 unchurched people in our city. We are going to do that by the power of the resurrection. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. Thank you for who you are. And God, for what you're going to do in our lives and in this next service. God, thank you for all of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, we'll kick off our new sermon series, I Need to Change. I Need to Change. Bring a friend. Thank you for spending time to go all the way through the sermon with us. Man, if God has spoken to your heart, which I am sure he has, we pray that you will continue to take your relationship with him to the next level. Remember, God is wanting to drill down deep into your life to where he can begin to do a great work. And God wants to begin to expand your territory, enlarge your coastlines, and take you wider in your life. If you need someone to pray with you, you can feel free to reach out to us at Family of Grace. Our number is 769-1992. Or you can reach us at family-grace.com. Somebody will be here. Somebody will be ready to pray with you and reach out and help take your spiritual journey to the next level. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for these people who have joined in, no matter where they may be from, Lord, where they are located in the world. I thank you that you have called them for a specific purpose. And today, God, that you would do the impossible in their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.